In a world where it seems totally normal to listen to a podcast about the Toronto Argonauts, it's the X's and Argos podcast. Welcome to the X's and Argos post-game reaction podcast brought to you by Funny Bone Broth. The Argos fall 30 to 16 to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and JB just getting out of the press conferences now. It is almost daybreak, so uh, we we may have to uh, expedite this one a little bit. But uh, what was your, your overall impressions of the game? How do you feel about that one? Well, these late night pods were a lot easier um, in the summer than they were than they are now um terrible terrible game uh i thought the score you know i, I thought i mean they had a chance to be right there at the end of the game it, it didn't feel that way watching the game um you know i thought it was a regression game um they looked undisciplined again uh the tackling was an issue again you know they i mean they looked they look like a middle of the pack team. So, and that that that's probably who they are. They're probably, you know, eight and six um, team. And you know, I think that's that's what they're going to be. I, I thought maybe they had the chance to be something more than that, but I don't think so. I think they they have the, all the attributes of, of the team that you know that wins as many as it loses. Is some weeks they're good and some weeks they're not. Well, it seems like it's a rotating thing. It's been win loss, win loss. Well, you know the wins look look great, and you see so much promise. You say, okay, well, finally they're starting to get it together, and then they follow it up with this loss that looked like the game they played two games ago, where you're like, well, what went wrong here? And all the same things that we're talking about today the the missed tackles, the mental mistakes. That was Labor Day, you know. That's and and that was the first game in Winnipeg, and we noticed that these have. These these games have come on the road now, with the exception of that opener in Calgary. But every every other road game this team has played has has looked like this. Yeah. Whereas they haven't looked like this at home. No, that is. Um, I think that's an unfortunate trend. I don't think it's uh, unusual. Uh, but I agree with you. They're they're you know that the team you know looks like they they're they're just not ready to play on the road the same way they are at home. Uh, and I think that also speaks to, you know, a team that's that's not quite there. I mean, you know, look, <laughs> two years ago, they were as bad as Ottawa and look at Ottawa. So, uh, you know, I think that these are sort of uh, first world problems. This is this is a competitive team that can that can go punch for punch with anybody in the league, uh, which was not the case two years ago. But but there, you know, I think there are still still areas that uh that they need to address the other positive that i'll take out of this is that i i'm you know long term i'm not worried about the defense uh, the defense has kept them in almost every game this this season and they've generally played really well it's been the offense that sometimes has shown no signs of life whatsoever and today i thought nick arbuckle played his best game as an argonaut and i think that sort of gets lost in all of the unfortunate things that were going on it just seemed like there was so much bad luck today from injuries to just disappointing momentum swings nick arbuckle played really well and and i think that that's a an important takeaway here because it's a tough place to play they're playing against a good team and he was by far the best toronto argonaut tonight yeah, he, he did play well. Uh, he threw for over 300. 
Um, he, you know, he opened up with a lot of deep passes, which we had been, you know, really kind of hoping for. A um, couple of misconnections, but, uh, you know, that bomb to Rodgers was fantastic. Um, yeah, I, I thought I thought he played... I didn't think he played as well as you thought he did. I thought he played pretty good. I thought that he was not the problem tonight. He, he still fumbles the ball. Um, I, I'd like to see him not do that anymore. Uh, but he, you know, he looked like a CFL quarterback tonight. Um, so that that was that was a positive to take that he he didn't look overmatched or overwhelmed. I found that he used his feet really well in the pocket, and I felt like every time he scrambled, something positive happened downfield. And it's funny because uh, two days ago at practice, Wednesday's practice. They spent time exclusively working on scramble drills. And then here he was today, suddenly in all these situations where he's scrambling out to his left, scrambling to his right. And that's where the big plays happen. And then a few that could have been big plays that were just missed. And that's an area of his game that we really haven't seen too much. He hasn't really taken advantage of that. There were a few times early in the season where he left the pocket and ran or left the pocket and then horrible things happened but yeah we didn't see that today and so I thought that that was some evolution in his game as well and something I'll take away and like you said those deep balls he went against we were talking about that sort of distribution chart the the spray chart that Marshall Ferguson uh, put out earlier in the week and it just showed so many of his passes going short right and he bucked that trend today you know there were a few and there were a lot of RPOs in there like there have been but he took shots downfield and he completed passes downfield yeah, it's really one of those like could have, would have, could have games because if he if he connects on those deep corners, uh, they win the game. And we're you know I'm raving about uh, you know Arbuckle you know showing off the arm and and the passing uh, you know the pass attack of the of the Argos and you know it was just inches on those passes. So if they can get that timing down with those receivers on those corners, uh, which maybe they haven't had a ton of time to run because they've been working on the underneath game. You know, that that's my takeaway, is if we can get the timing down on those deep corners um, and kind of punish teams for sitting on the underneath, then that's, that's, a, bit, that's a positive step um, once we fix the other stuff. There are three deep balls, two two were corners and one was sort of a diagonal uh, on a very slow developing play with a fake reverse in there and everything else. And all three of them just missed. One was because I think it was Nicastro who lost his guy and Arbuckle had his arm hit as he was trying to hit uh, Ricky Collins Jr. On, on on a corner run. He was just wide open. He would have he would have made one move and then dashed into the end zone. But Arbuckle gets his arm hit as he releases it. It flies into the air and it fell incomplete. The other one went off Devaris Daniels' hands. That was another touchdown waiting to happen. And it, it just, you know, maybe an inch too far, maybe, but that's a catch Daniels had to make. And then the diagonal route, the deep route, on that fake reverse to Worthy uh, to Rogers, that just looked like, again, it was like an inch off. That one was the... Now, that one, I think, was a little bit of a miss maybe for, for Arbuckle, but on a route like that to miss by two inches is just so close to being huge plays, every single one of these. Yeah, I, I was. I, they didn't show the replay on the Collins Jr. I was, uh, I was disappointed on that one. I know his arm got hit, so he, 
you know, he wasn't able to follow through on it. But, geez, you'd like to have that catch. You so know. what what happened on that play? Riders were running cover three, and one of either the corner or the halfback made a mistake because basically the corner was running cover three cut, and the the halfback was running cover three hold. So they both had the flats, which obviously that's a mistake. And so all that was left back there was was the free, and 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 you know that would have been it's such an easy move for Ricky Collins Jr. to make because the free is coming you know, flying over to the sideline, he just has to step inside and there's just no one left. He's gone. But unfortunately the ball like popped up in the air and Collins Jr. I don't think he read it off of Arbuckle's hand right away because it, you know, it, it wasn't supposed to go where it went. And by the time he adjusted, it was too late and he, he basically trapped it. Why don't we go through the quick sort of game summary here. Start of the game was, it was weird from the beginning. I noticed on the opening kickoff, I saw I saw Jeff Richards wearing the wrong socks. Uh, the team was wearing their uh, their light blue socks today, but Jeff Richards on the opening kick, I'm like, he's he, this guy's wearing white socks. It just seems like a weird thing because it's such a it's an obvious uniform violation. And then by the time the defense lined up, I noticed it wasn't just Jeff Richards. It was in fact every single defensive back. Uh, what do you make of this <laughs> statement that they were making? Yeah, I mean, I, I'll I'll take the more positive route, which is you know just a shout out to their coach, you know who who was forced to uh, to be suspended because of vaccination, and you know just a shout out to the coach that they remembered him as opposed to a protest, um, but it certainly looked like they were protesting by not tackling uh, for stretches of the game. Um, that was you know I I mean Fajardo only threw for two twelve. This is still a terrific secondary, um, but there are definitely moments where the tackling is, you know, if, if they could just add in the tackling, they'd be an elite unit. Um, it's just really frustrating sometimes, especially that opening drive. I mean, it was just brutal, to, you know, to be honest, in terms of, terms of wrap-up tackling. It was just really, really poor, and then they dialed it in. Um, until uh, you know late in the game um, so I, I took it to be not not a protest per se but just um, a way of kind of shouting out coach I hope that's what it was I, I, I can't imagine that the coaching staff had not a, sort of at least somewhat approved those guys going on the field with that you know hopefully that's not going to be an internal dissension thing which we talked about as a you know, a potential problem, especially heading into this game. It was definitely the worst tackling of the year. There have been some, like that has been an issue before. We've talked about that in all the losses that the tackling, you know, hasn't been great because they're, but it, but it's usually because they're going for those uh, like big knockout hits. And that wasn't what it was today. It wasn't like guys were coming flying in and missing tackles. This was different. Guys were just trying to wrap and letting their, the ball carriers slip out of their grasp. So it's not the same kind of missed tackles. And that, that kind of concerned me, especially on that opening drive. I wondered if they just weren't really dialed in and, and ready to play this game. It's, it's been a weird week for the defense. You know, they lose their coordinator. They, the DBs lose their positional coach. It's a strange week. And, you know, it's, and it's a you know, very different time of, of night. We're playing a super late game. Everything about it was different. And, 
they they acted like it in the opening drive. Saskatchewan moved steadily down the field. Fajardo ended up uh, with a, a QB sneak for the, the touchdown, but it was just every play was just a a series of missed tackles and then there was this a chance for the Argos to come back the they they get the ball back we have a, a really nice end around from Chandler Worthy who it was great to see him in the game too with all that speed and then John White breaks this great run and then fumbles the football and Saskatchewan has it back again and all the wind is out of the sails yeah it it was it, a, a, a kind of a, a perfect storm in the sense that we needed the team to come out. We talked about before the game that the, you know that the first ten minutes was going to be crucial. It's always crucial in a road game, but especially when a team like Saskatchewan, who's lost a couple of games and are looking to get back on track, um, you can't give a team like that hope because then they start getting the old confidence back. You know, much like the Labor Day game against Hamilton. And, uh, you know, for them to not come out crisp in that opening drive and to basically let Saskatchewan push us around down the field was just the absolute worst possible thing you could have had in that scenario. So that was, you know, they, they definitely did tighten up and kept it a game. And really, you know, we scored a touchdown there at the end and it's a one possession game. I mean, it was it, it felt further apart than it than it ended up being um but yeah it was it was disappointing to not understandable but you know disappointing to not see them come out and you know impose their will and that's really what this defensive unit hasn't been able to do i think through injuries and now other circumstances but they're so close to being elite you know they've (laughs) they've got the swagger and they've got the skill, but they don't have that kind of, uh, you know, grit. It's consistency, they, though, they isn't it? Yeah, they can't grab the game and choke the life out of it yet. They, they you know, not yet. Where it's like the elite defensive teams don't have bad drives. You know, they come out and they just take your will away. And it's not there yet. But... You know, I don't know. If things can settle down, guys get used to a new scenario. You know, in the end, they played pretty well. It's just, they just got to clean up that tackling. That's that's really it, you know, uh, from from a defensive backfield point of view. I felt like at the end of the first quarter, there was a real chance there because, well, Saskatchewan had missed two field goals in the first quarter, which helped. And, you know, it kind of made up for the, the, the white fumble and everything else that was going wrong. But at the very end of the first quarter, Arbuckle strung together three straight beautiful passes, all off RPOs, and each was the correct read. It hits the guy in stride, had really nice gains out of, out of short passes. And then they hit a reverse to Worthy that went for like 26 yards or something like that. And they're down right on the doorstep. And they end up having to settle for a field goal. And this play, I know it was it was it was the only read that I saw Arbuckle make tonight that was the wrong read. And what the play was, it was DJ Foster uh, leaking out into the flat. And Arbuckle went with him the entire way because he's been able to count on Foster so much that I think he he just dismissed the rest of his reads. And and his first read on that play, they sort of had a, a pick route uh, running. And 
uh, on that play, uh, Brissett is going to cross underneath the two other receivers out of this uh, sort of bunch formation. And he was standing wide open in the end zone right in front of Arbuckle. And that's that's got to be the primary on that. But he was staring down Foster the whole way. The linebackers were all over it. Obviously, they've been watching film on Foster, uh, I'm, I'm sure, all week. And so they were all over Foster. It was a high throw. And it was just too bad if he just looked for that really easy pass underneath to to Brissett. That was just yeah. a, an easy touchdown. Red zone. The, the red zone in the first half buried them. Um yeah, like that's a bad play call. It's just a bad play call. You can't you can't throw that swing pass when you're five yards away from the end zone. There's there's no room for Foster to to juke a guy out. It's you know it's it's bang bang. And I'm like, don't throw the ball if it's not into the end zone. If he, but that's the end, but that's not the play call though. That's that's on Arbuckle. Like the well, play is his, to go to well, or that's his read, right? If he if but I mean that's the wrong that's the wrong it's the wrong read if not the wrong yeah, play. Yeah, for sure, right? for sure. No, he's got to read. If, if you're there. Th- if you're putting the ball in the air, it's got to go into the end zone. You you can't throw a ball to a guy three yards away from the end zone. Of course, he's going to get wrapped up. It's you're everybody's on top of each other down there, and like you know that's just. That's no good. And then the second red zone, I, you know, we've been texting. I wanted White to get the ball again, but not at his shotgun. Um, yeah. You know, the, that that play, uh, and there's a lot of debate on this. So that was just, uh, that was another, just absolutely drained the life out of the whole team and the momentum brutal. went away again. They're, they're second and goal from the one yard line. Two attempts to get it in. The first one they try is the, the QB sneak, and you know they. That's end up not couple... an Arbuckle strength. It's not. It's he. Maybe maybe I... it's time to start looking at maybe I don't know maybe McBeth. He's a big dude. Maybe you know. <laughs> so, maybe, I don't like, know if that's his wheelhouse either. Like I, I know, I, but maybe look at. It. I mean, a lot of teams do it. Bring in a guy like look. He's he's a huge dude. I like if I were gonna choose, I'd much rather like the six foot four guy. Try and smash his way for a yard. Yeah, I don't know what the answer is on that, but I don't feel like we have like the assets that the other a lot of other teams have, where the second string quarterback happens to be this you know giant individual uh, who's young and extremely strong and just kind of comes in and powers his way. Well, yeah, but Uh, he's not. I know, but you don't think of him as like a QB sneak artist. Well, maybe it's time. Anyway, that's an aside, but. That I have been thinking about that because it, look, it's not an Arbuckle thing, and like it's a big and and like so many teams do it, so I I think they should definitely consider it anyways. But um, what were you gonna say about the shotgun run? I I just I I don't I don't like that play call on the one. I I think it's fine if I think it's fine if that's an RPO. That's the only time it's fine, but. I don't like, I don't know, I don't like an RPO out of pistol in that scenario. I think everything about it, and it was it was slow developing too. You had Ugh. you had a slot back coming across to kick oh out the end, God. and it was just like, what what is happening here? I thought for right. sure as that play was developing, I thought, oh, this is interesting. It's a pass because I thought there's no way they're going to call a run with this much action. It was so slow developing. I know pain. from I'm the like, one yard I'm line. Like what? You know, and then it's like, and then he ran into like you know a, a team meeting. Like yeah, he never well, had a shot. Did. There were there were seven guys two yards deep. Yeah, no, that and that was it's just such a 
again a, a killer because that's that's now seven points from Brutal. from that drive that are gone we've already lost the seven from the ricky collins jr you lost the seven from the dropped you've got to be able Daniels to get that. you've got to be able to get that quarterback sneak in i mean in the end that's got to get in they've got to find a way i don't know whether you go wildcat with a fullback or something but if in the CFL, if you're on the goal line, that's got to be a touchdown every time, in my opinion. And, and I think it's I think it just has to be quarterback sneak. I and I I think Arbuckle is better than Macbeth is in that scenario. And I think he's just got to be less cute with it. He likes to he likes to drift down the line to find a, a place. He often likes to run behind Bladek, but. I think I think you just got to plow forwards, and you've got that yard in the CFL. You've got to be able to get that touchdown. Got to. And and I don't even mind. I'm not I'm not against I'm not against diving across. You know, in that scenario, um, everyone's going low. Everyone's trying to. You know, I would have gone. Create a I would have gone again. Like bam, we're like oh here we go. Second down, third down. QB sneak again. Like yeah, no, no, no exactly. need to talk that's, about it. Just go that's again. The play from the one yard line. That's the play. And right. if you can't QB sneak in on two attempts, well, you know you don't deserve to. But right. you didn't even give the team a chance with that. With that, you know, reversing out into pistol, <laughs> uh, pulling a guy across. Like oh my goodness. Anyway, so it that, felt like uh, it felt like Dinwiddie was talked into that play because he was dropping f bombs. Oh, he was so and, mad. And, but I can't imagine that he was just mad at it not being blocked up properly because it, it felt to me like he got talked into a play and he was like, you know. I the only knew, other thing I could see I him being mad at. I knew that play wouldn't work. <laughs> I, I didn't see it like that, but like I thought he might have been mad at how, how slow developing it was. Like I feel like he might have wanted uh, White to take that ball sooner, like to have less delay, less time between... Uh, this the snap of the ball and him making it to the mesh point it just seemed like it it took an eon for him yeah, to maybe. to get to where to where Arbuckle was so that's what I thought he was swearing about but you know I, 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 and you know I don't want to jump on stuff here but like even him looking at the play call like I feel like you know you should know your what you should going into a game you should know your one yard plays like these are the one yard plays we're going to use I wasn't crazy about looking at the menu and trying to choose which breakfast. Yeah, I think your one-yard plays and your two-point conversion plays, you've got a box. Like, usually that's, like, on my call sheet when I'm prepping for a game. I've I've got a box full of, in order, of right. of effectiveness. He looked, my he looked like my he short was, yardage plays and my two-point conversion plays. He looked plays. like he was looking up a play, and I'm like, that's not great. So, into the half, what could have been a really close game, not only was there that miss, but remember right after that, there was a chance to get the ball back again with about two minutes to go. And then Cahoon ends up jumping offside on that on that punt, and Saskatchewan, uh, you know, takes full advantage and, and ends up, you know, coming and, down the field and, and draining thought, the clock. And Ugh. I thought that was a terrible P.I. call, too. Yeah, that was. Come on. I know. I Terrible. Know. I, thought... I don't know what those those refs were. Those refs were all. Low. I mean, the Argos took too many penalties, and we can talk about that. Twelve, but I thought you know, first of all, you know, some of those piling on the quarterback penalties were like, yeah, okay, like on the broadcast, you're like, oh, he's. But I mean, like I've watched football my whole life, and that's never been a flag. I think so, it's a situation now where, like, you're right. And, and but they were consistent. They called one. Yeah. When well, after the first one, on. you've got to dial it back. 
But, but I think that's one of those things where the, the league's got to be looking around. And they're like, well, Bo Levi Mitchell's got a broken leg. Trevor Harris is out for six weeks. We've got two quarterbacks in BC and Ottawa that are playing with half an arm. You've got both Hamilton quarterbacks are out. Cody Fajardo is recovering from a concussion. Like, let's not let anybody touch the quarterbacks in this game. That seems right. to have been like a, a memo sent out. <laughs> but that's usually that's like a preseason memo, and they send out video. I mean, I, I thought it was tough on the Argos for that to be like a midseason. Oh, we're going to call this a roughing penalty now. And you're like, well, that you know, that's never been a penalty before. That sort of like. Like on that one, when he dove forward, he's not even giving himself up. Like I thought that was a, I thought that was a garbage call. Like he, he's not giving himself up. Oh if, yeah, the the one. If he's diving forward, then he should give. They have a mechanism to not be hit. You're talking about the Trevor Hoyt one. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I had trouble with that too because because again he's diving for yardage. They smashed his head and then concussion protocol he grabbed his head again they're like oh he must be telling us his head is okay because that's the <laughs> traditional sign of i don't have a concussion again grabbing your head directly after contact it's only in every single concussion manual as a primary sign of concussion yeah there were actually a couple of that Fajardo exhibited today after after hard hits yeah it's, um, it's like it's like number one sign you look for grabs head yeah, in any amateur league, he would have been ruled out of the game yeah. uh, immediately. Um, but they, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know what to say about the CFL concussion protocol. We've talked about it before, but it's, it, it's, oh, it's mind-boggling. The the announcer is talking about like, oh, he got tested and he's fine. Like, there's no test. He didn't take a test. What, you know, th- like they're acting like you know. Anyways. It's very, it doesn't exist, yeah. I it's know. very frustrating, the, the attitude. The, you know, he's had lots of concussions, so he knows when he has a bad one. That's a, that was, that was a, like a report on the TV. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, that's, that's one way of framing it. it yeah, I, I know. And we, we know it doesn't work like that. And it is frustrating. And, it's, and it's, it's upsetting because it's unsafe. And, you know, we're, not, we're getting off topic here because we're not talking about we're not talking about the Argos or the Rough Riders. It's not about that. It's just that there needs to be a better and a more consistent protocol, and and pretty much every in pretty much every league. But this has been a pretty rough one for the CFL, I think, uh, with this Cody Fajardo uh, incident specifically. Yeah, I thought, Let's I, move thought on the, to, I thought the reps were pretty tough. I, I know the the Argos were undisciplined, but I thought at least three of those penalties were pretty were pretty tough takes. Let's move on to the second half. Things look like they were getting better for the Argos. That happened a lot tonight. But Arbuckle came out in that that first drive of the third quarter. He was amazing. So he's he's just flying the ball downfield. That's where you end up with that that huge play to Rodgers. He makes a really another nice pass to Daniels. He, uh, I, th- I think another play to Chandler Worthy in there too, if I'm not incorrect. And he ends up getting uh, the ball into the end zone on, on a just excellent play fake. And Daniels is wide open in the end zone for the touchdown. So I have an issue with going for two at that stage. So mathematically, I know what Coach Dinwiddie is trying to do there. So they scored the touchdown. It's now 18 to 9. And what Coach Dinwiddie is thinking is if I go for two, that makes it 18-11, and now I'm down seven. But this is absolutely the wrong time to go for two. In my mind, 
the rule is, and this is always the, the way I play it every single time, is you only go for two when it's the last touchdown you're scoring. That's that's the only time you go for two, unless you're like if you're down 16, obviously, and it's late in the game, then yes, you have to go for two on, on both touchdowns that you score. But in that scenario, so much is going to happen. It was early third quarter. There's so much that goes on, especially in the CFL with, with single points. You're going to end up chasing that later. It just made no sense to me. And so I hated that play call going for two. And again, it took the wind out of the sails. The Argos had all the momentum, that amazing touchdown drive. And then they're like, ah, oh, we're still in single digits. We yeah, got nine you, points. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're we're on the same page on that. I mean, I think there should be a chart. You know, I think it's pretty pretty accepted knowledge that don't don't chase your two points in Canadian football. Um, and you know, because you, you kick the extra point, and now you're, uh, you know, you're a, uh, you're within one score, and that's just mentally a big deal. So that was, I mean, I don't think it made a difference in the game, but. Wouldn't, wouldn't have been, it didn't, but it felt like it might yeah, at it that point. Yeah, it wasn't, wasn't crazy about that call. You don't need a chart. You just need a checklist, and it goes like this. Right, should I go for a two-point conversion? Question one, is it the fourth quarter? And if the answer is no, then no, you should not go yeah, for two don't, points. Yeah, don't chase early. So nothing else good happened for pretty much the, the not the rest of the game, but the third quarter, man. like So Enoch Mwamba goes out, Judge is out. Oh. All the linebackers are just dropping like flies. And then Daniels drops that potential touchdown pass that just goes off his hands. So that was basically the rest of the third quarter after what was such a promising start to the second half with that great drive. And from that two-point conversion onwards, it was just misery. And then transitioning into the fourth, there was more life again. You had that touchdown pass to Rodgers, another really nice drive that our buckle put together. And uh, then we end up with more drops on deep balls and it just continued to spiral and then the fourth quarter got out of control and we had perhaps the worst defensive play of the day in that fourth quarter and I'm not going to go over that right now because I'm definitely going to be bringing that one up when we get to our worst play of the day in just a moment. Let's take a quick look at some of the stats that we had. Like you said, Arbuckle had a great game. Now he ends up 22 of 33, which is only 66% completion, but a lot of those incompletions were late, just like that interception was late. It's it's garbage time. They're, you know, the Saskatchewan's dropping everyone into coverage. I'm not going to hold those incompletions or that interception against him. But he threw for over 300 yards. He had a long of 59, which is so nice to see. Made some really nice decisions. As I said, I think he only missed one decision all day and I think lost in this too is that the Argos ran the ball really well they actually averaged more yards per carry than Saskatchewan did on designed runs it it was even less close on designed runs the Argos were averaging seven yards a carry that was brought down a little bit by Nick Arbuckle's scrambles but even then it was six yards a carry so they were running the ball well but unfortunately when you get behind like that especially late you can't use that run game anymore. And it's so crucial for the Argos offense because everything is built off of RPOs and play action. And if you can't convince the defense that you're actually going to be running the football, then so much of the rest of your passing game just doesn't work. Yeah, uh, again, there's like basically three plays. You have the two red zone plays, the offside on the punt, and a couple of drop passes. And the, the Argos are right there. I mean, they win that game. The offense played well. The defense played well, but somehow they never felt in the game. It was such a weird game. 
and eight different receivers involved. The highlights there, Eric Rodgers, 97 yards and a touchdown. Ricky Collins Jr. had 91 yards. Tavares Daniels had a touchdown, 67 yards, four catches. A, a little bit more a quiet day from DJ Foster. He still had four catches, but only 17 yards on that. They were really keeping an eye on him. And then on the other side, it I know their their average wasn't quite as high as, as Toronto's rushing average, but William Powell just ran all over the Argonauts. 21 carries for 122 yards. And that yeah. just drained so much time and just wore down the defense. Yeah, the, the defensive line, I think the injury that the defensive line kind of shone through tonight, they were, they were getting pushed around. The linebackers were, you know, offensive line were getting a second level and washing those guys out. I mean, the, there was a lot of room for running. Uh, and hopefully Mwamba's back. I mean, geez, Cam looked like an Achilles. Yeah, we don't know. And I asked Coach Dinwiddie after the game if he had an update on that, and he didn't have much. So Cam Judge was in a walking boot and with crutches, and so he said right on the spot, like, I doubt we're going to see him next week. But he didn't know anything else. He was going to go for some imaging. Mwamba, he he didn't he wasn't even sure what had happened to Mwamba. He hadn't had a chance to even assess that. So who knows? But hopefully he can get back soon. I, I did ask Dexter McCoyle about that, and and he seemed to be hoping that Mwamba could uh, could recover and get back. But I, I, nobody knows anything at at this point. So it's just a guess. Yeah. No. I mean, I don't know. It's frustrating to see a team not continue to you know improve each week but you know I, I think they're gonna be right there they're gonna you know they're gonna be you know uh, uh, probably eight and six and you know we'll be a team that could surprise in the playoffs but we'll probably have to go on the road Probably. And it is looking a bit like that at this point. They just can't, they're just not consistent enough and have not shown the ability to win on the road. And so, and, and they just have not gotten lucky with injuries. You know, you, you need a year where you stay pretty healthy. And that just hasn't been the case where we just, you know, we just haven't been able to put out the squad that we had on paper in camp. And hopefully some, like the nice thing is there's enough time for guys to start coming back. The other nice thing is that generally the team has been able to rebound. Actually, every single time the team has been able to rebound yeah, from okay. games like this. And, and Montreal's coming up and that's that's a big game. And, and they're, you know, they're a good team. They're not yeah. a great team, but they're a good team. They were in this game tonight. I mean, as God badly knows, as they were playing, they were in it. You're right. right. God knows how many games we watched <laughs> in 2019, <laughs> except for when they played Ottawa. Where like it was just JV versus the senior team, and I, uh, you know, so, I remember so they were right there. So I mean, give them that. In 2019, sitting down to do the post game podcast that was in BC, so a 10 o'clock start, and it was 55 nothing late fourth quarter, <laughs> and oh. I was looking through my notes. I'm like, oh, like what am I going to talk about in this game? And you know, fortunately, we're not doing anything like that this year. Like, it's a fun team to watch, and, yeah. and they are really good at well, times. And I think I think it's it's a tribute to them that our expectations are so high because they're capable of it. You know, so where you know it's that old line about you know never. Never worry when the coach yells at you. Just worry when the coach stops yelling at you. You know, so we we feel they can be great, which is why I think, you know, we kind of are tough on them sometimes. But that's because 
Uh, you know, we 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 feel that there's there's a gear that they haven't hit yet. At moments they have, right? Through a couple times in the Hamilton game or in the Hamilton game, a couple times in the Winnipeg game, where you're like, wow, like this yeah. team has it. Great defense, great offense. Just just isn't quite clicking yet. But uh, you know, I think Montreal can be can be a cure for that. Offensive player of the game for me, it's Nick Arbuckle. I already went over his stats, and like I said, I think it's his best game as an Argo. Uh, he's hands down the the best offensive player for the Argos today. How did you see it? Yeah, I, I agree. I thought um, I was a little less excited about him than you because he had the two fumbles. Um, you know what? I thought Chandler Worthy showed a little something on that end around. He did. Um, well, he's got so much speed. And wasn't it nice to see him returning kicks and punts too? Yeah. He, yeah. Look, he's better. He's not quite as twitchy as I want. But he runs a four two. But he's better. Well, I don't know what to tell you. I'm just seeing what I see. Like, <laughs> he's better. He's he's better. Uh, yeah, like he's better than Braverman. I I'm happy with him as the returner. I think that he's a better baseline returner. And he looks like he could potentially break one. So, yeah, I want to see him uh, out there I, taking I some go routes too. I'm just bitter about about my guy being cut. But Worthy <laughs> yeah. looks looks like he could be something back there. Uh, yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I think uh, you know Rogers had some great plays, also had some drops. I'll I'll give it to Arbuckle, but stop fumbling the ball. Where are you going for your defensive player of the game? Um, yeah, you know what? I I went back and forth on this. Um, I don't always pick defensive backs, although that seems to be a bit of a bias. Um, but I, I'm going to go with Butler. I thought the return of Butler, he looked great. Um, maybe he was the guy on one of the Saskatchewan touchdowns. Maybe not. I'm not privy to the play call. Um, but I, I thought he looked good at there. I thought he made some nice plays. He had the pick. Um, I almost went with Peters. I thought I, th- I think he's been really the discovery of the year for me. Uh, I think he's he's a starter. He's a player. You know, I wasn't so sure at the beginning of the year, but I think he's he has real talent. I think I think Peters can be an all star. Yeah, I agree. And and how about Tristan Deku as well on the other side? Yeah, like both same, of these guys. I think yeah. both those guys could be all stars. Yeah, and they weren't supposed to. They weren't even supposed to be playing. So no. it's pretty awesome that they, they both look so good. But yeah. I think you're right. Like, Creston Butler, you know, he, he played really well. I'm going to go a different direction. I'm going to go with, with Dexter McCoyle. Uh, he had eight tackles. He was all over the place, and he just had to do so much himself once they lost Mwamba <laughs> and Judge. And he's basically stepping in there to play Mac, and, and you know, it was all on him. And, and he played really well. He still, you know, he had a penalty. He, you know, had a couple of missed tackles, but everybody on the defense did. I think you can kind of cancel some of those out with the with his outstanding play. So he's my defensive player of the game. Yeah, that's, I mean, he's he's been tremendous. He's been everything we hoped he would be. You know, <laughs> poor Hoyt. You know, that's that's a big time jump to be like, okay, now you're now you're the middle linebacker. Um, you know, so well, look if if Kassar can get back on the field. It looks like there's going to be some reps. 
Yeah, it could be. And, you know, we haven't had an update uh, from him in a while. So we'll we'll see what, what happens in, in practice this week. Let's go into best play and worst play of the game. I think I know what your worst play is going to be. It's probably going to be mine. Uh, what was your what was your best play of the game? Maybe I'll go first with this yeah, one. Yeah, you go first. So best play of the game for me was the deep pass to Rodgers. We've been begging for these all year. It was such a nice play from Arbuckle. He buys time, scrambles out launches one 59 yards in the air downfield to Rodgers. It's a perfect throw. He's found him in space. Rodgers gets all the way down to the five yard line. Now everything fell apart after that. But at the moment, that was a huge play. And it does a play like that does wonders because it opens up space because Arbuckle was facing that issue that we were talking about where everything was underneath. Everything was short. You only need a few connections like that. And especially from guys that haven't really gone on a lot of deep routes before either. And that's, I asked Rogers that after the game, I asked him, were you downfield a lot more than usual? It seemed like it. And he said, yeah, there was a lot of play design for me deep just in general. But for him specifically, he had corners and posts and, and diagonals and, and found himself way downfield. And that was one of those plays. It was, it was a gorgeous pass. So that's my best play of the day. I just wish it resulted in, in a touchdown. Yeah, I think just to be different or not to repeat, um, I really like the Peters pass breakup in the first quarter uh, where it looked like, you know, after the fumble, it looked like, you know, maybe Saskatchewan was going to really put one on us. And it was the, the flea flicker, right? Yeah. And I thought that was a great pass. Because, I, look, I think if they convert there, I mean, I think, I think that game spirals out of control. You know, if they go up 14... You know, the flea flicker, now they're just showing off. Uh, you know, I, I think it probably gets chippy and it probably turns into a blowout. So I thought I thought that pass breakup was uh, was really nice. I mean, that's that's a lot harder than it looks, you know, like to to, you know, especially these days with the way they throw flags. Yeah, um, I thought, you know, he got he got really jobbed on a on a on a P.I. at the end of the half. And uh I thought that was a nice clean breakup and and potentially, you know, like a, a game changing play. It didn't turn out to be that, but it, it had the potential to be. And for worst play, I'm going to the Key and Schaefer Baker touchdown Ugh. late in the game. It's second and fourteen. Saskatchewan basically settling for a field goal. They call a tunnel screen. And Schaefer Baker broke about fifteen tackles on his way like he was almost it felt like he was almost like embarrassed by the time he got to the end zone that all these guys were just sliding off of him it was so awkward to watch and just again that was another wind out of the sales moment because that that really put it away and i i can't think of a worse play today there were a few of them but that to me was the worst play of the day i gotta think that's yours too yeah it was it was it reminded me of that hamilton touchdown um oh to tie or to almost tie yeah i mean look it's 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 a I think that the the, the Argo um, defense is well I mean look we were down a lot of linebackers so it's tough I don't want to be too tough on them all but and and he caught a break because he ran right into one of his players who spun him off in a direction that he never would have been able to do on his own um, so you know some breaks went their way but. Was some there was some bad tackling on that touchdown well that will just about do it for us on this episode of the x's and argos podcast we'll have a lot of stuff coming up this week including jb's report card which i'm eager to read i'll have a film study piece and of course we'll be getting you set for a pretty 
pivotal, important game coming up, an, an East Division showdown with the Montreal Alouettes at BMO Field next Friday. So look out for all of that stuff. For JB, my name is Ben Grant saying so long, and may all your pre-snap reads be good ones. I'll see ya.